In 2019, 4.3 million self-help books were sold. Some of the titles were old, some were new. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Atomic Habits, The Art of Getting It Done, The Four-Hour Work Week. Lots of good ideas about how to be more productive and how to get more out of our work. You know what? If you read the books, they've got great formulas and a lot of them work. But as we think about taking small steps on the long runway of God's purpose, I don't want to confuse activity with action. You know, we've been looking at four forces that help shape our leadership story. Availability, action, adaptability, and accountability. And so this week, as we think about action, I want us to think about action not being a list of tasks or things that we have to get done, but a mindset for how to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us and then step out and get it done. You know, there are so many examples in the Bible when God called someone to act and they followed. When Abraham got the call to leave his country and go, he did. When David felt the desire and the calling to go fight Goliath with five stones, he did. When Esther was called upon to act for such a time as this, she did. But throughout this study, we have been looking at those unlikely characters. And I think this week, as we look at the centurion described in Luke 7, we find someone who, in the unlikeliest of circumstances, followed through on that call to act. So before we get into Luke 7, I think it's important to set the context for where we find this story occurring. If you look at Luke 6, you find that Jesus's ministry was just beginning. He had called his disciples, he had performed some miracles, and he had delivered the sermon that goes on to be the Beatitudes. So you have Jesus entering a stage of his ministry where he was becoming well-known. And as he left giving that sermon, he went into Capernaum, and that's where our story begins. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus comes down into Capernaum, and these elders approach him with this request from the centurion. And I think it's really important to set the stage for how awkward and strange this was. Because a centurion was stationed in Capernaum. He was a member of Herod Antipas's guard. And to think that the centurion would be willing to ask a favor of this up-and-coming Jewish rabbi is amazing if you think about the cultural context that he was living in. He had ruled over these people in Israel. He was in a position where he certainly didn't socialize with them or spend time with them. He had a position of authority over them. Yet this centurion was willing to face his fears about what the repercussions of that could be and still go to Jesus. And so as we look at ways that action shapes our leadership stories, one of the things I think we're called to do is to act by facing our fears. And we do that through a couple of different ways that are illustrated in these verses. First, when we have an opportunity to face our fears, one of the things that it's very clear to me is that it's easier to face our fears when we're doing it for someone. 
You know, when we look at these verses, the centurion was acting because his servant was sick. And he must have really valued that servant. He must have really loved that servant. Because when he was willing to ask those elders to go to Jesus, he did it with a mind towards saving that person. And you know, it's interesting when I think about my own story, it's really easy sometimes to kind of brush off action when it's just for an organization that doesn't have any faces or a cause that doesn't have any names associated with it. But when I'm called to act for my child, when I'm called to act for a friend, and I realize that there are consequences involved with acting for them, it's much easier to do it when I have their face in front of me. And so when the centurion is willing to boldly ask these elders to go to Jesus at what could be great personal cost to him, he did it because he had that servant's face in mind. So I just want to ask you, who is that face that comes to mind that needs you to act for them today? Is it someone in your family? Is it someone that you've just come into contact with? And how can you step aside and face some of the fears about what the consequences of acting would be because you know that you've got to act for that person? So one of the ways that we face our fears is we do it with someone in mind. But the other thing that we do is we look at ways to face our fears with another person. You know, one of the things I love about this is if we go to verse three, it says the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. And, you know, I was thinking about our study on availability. And what we said is that when we want to be available to God, we pull over, we ponder some questions, and then we partner. And if you think about what the centurion did as he thought of a way to have his servant healed, he really modeled that behavior. He pulled over to examine this Jesus that he had heard about. I'm sure that when he went to those elders, he peppered them with hard questions about who was this guy? How did he heal? What were the things that he was saying? And then you know what he did? He partnered with those elders. He asked them to go out and talk to Jesus for him. And so when we think about the opportunities that we have to act, even when we're fearful, even when there are consequences, partnering up and working with someone to be able to do it allows us to have the support and the ability to lean on someone as we have a chance to face our fears. So when we need to face our fears, we do it when we have someone in mind. We also do it with someone. But one of the other things I appreciate is that it's easier to face our fears to act when we've done it before. You know, when the elders are talking to Jesus about why he should go and help the centurion, they say to him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So, you know, I think about the centurion and his relationship with these elders, and I'm sure that over the past times, there were plenty of opportunities where the elders had come to him and he had to make a decision again to act at a personal cost um, in deciding whether to help them or not. We saw that he loves the nation, that he was willing to help them build their synagogue. And it must have been over a series of interactions that the centurion realized that even though it might be looked down upon by Herod Antipas or by other people in the guards to help these Jewish people, that there was a reason to do it. And it's that whole concept of muscle memory. As we have an opportunity to act over and over again, we start to build up an ability to get past our fears to be able to act. 
You know, often throughout this study, we've talked about this notion of small steps and progress in small ways. Well, I think this plays out in the way that we think about building up that muscle memory to act. When are the times when you've feared the cost of doing something, but you've stepped out and you've seen that God has been able to support you and God has been able to get you through that situation? Well, the more and more we record and memorialize the way that God has done that in our own lives and then in our, the lives of other people around us, we start to build up the ability to get past those fears, to power through those fears and be able to act in the way that God would have us to. So one of the ways that we choose to act out is by facing our fears. But the thing that I appreciate is that we don't do that on our own. The way that we show that we're willing to act is we act in faith. The centurion had faith that Jesus would act. And you know what? He did. In verse six, it says, so Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So I wonder what the centurion was thinking when he got word that Jesus was on the way. I'm sure there was a flurry of excitement. But then if you look at the first message that gets relayed back, it's, you don't need to come to the house. I'm not worthy. And it reminded me as I read this, that so many times in my own life, when I get to the point where I'm ready to push past my fears, when I'm ready to make myself available for the action where God would have me to go, the tapes start playing back. John, you're not worthy. There's too much sin in your life. You've got too much of a past. There are too many things that have come before this that really sully your ability to be of service to me. And I wonder how many missed opportunities have occurred in my life and maybe in yours where you sit there and you think, I have the desire, I have the ability, but I'm so trapped in my past that I'm not able to act. And what I think Jesus would tell us in this interaction with the centurion is even if we think we're unworthy, it's our faith that makes us worthy. There is nothing that limits our ability to be used by God when he has called us to do it. And so many times in our lives, I think we use those tapes, those memories, to hold us back from being able to actually step out and act. And I just wonder how many projects would have been completed, how many ministries would have been started if we hadn't listened to those destructive voices that just told us we weren't worthy but instead leaned on our faith to recognize that our faith tells us that because of God's grace, because of his gift of Jesus on the cross, all of our sins are forgiven. All of the things that would hold us back are washed away. And while there are consequences to our sin, there are not consequences that hold us back from being unavailable to be used by him. So do you ever feel that? Do you ever feel that your action is limited by the past? What I think the story of the centurion is telling us is that while we can admit it and while we can say it, 
We shouldn't get stuck in it. We should recognize that our faith makes us worthy to act in the way that God would have us to act. The other thing that I think we learn is that faith actually activates the work. You know, I love it that in verse 7, the centurion says, but say the word and my servant will be healed. The circumstances around us can look like there is no way for the action to accomplish anything. The times and the news and all of the things that we hear might think, might make us think that it is impossible to get done what God is having us to do. But the centurion knew that if Jesus would simply speak the word, his servant would be healed. In the same way, if God decides to act, if God decides to move forward, the work will get accomplished. Faith activates the work. We just play a role in it. And our ability to trust God to be able to be the one who can speak our plans into motion, to make things happen, allows us to spend so much less time thinking about all of the reasons why the work can't be done, but so much more of the time just building our faith up in Him, building a relationship with Him where we can see how our faith can grow, how we can strengthen our own resolve to trust in Him, to allow Him to do the work. Because in that faith, we allow God to take the reins, to take control, and give us the opportunities to be used by Him. So faith makes us worthy. Faith activates the work. But when you and I accept the call to act, one of the other great things that can happen is that faith can speak to the world. If we go to verse 9, it says, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. We are talking about the centurion 2,000 years later. And yes, he had to make a decision at great cost to send those elders to go speak to Jesus. And yes, he had to be willing to step down from his position of authority to be able to have those elders have the conversation. But it was his faith. It was the fact that his faith allowed Jesus to speak the word and his servant was healed that we're talking about him 2,000 years later. And that example of this Gentile centurion being able to show faith even in the midst of the Jewish culture that he was in is something that should speak to us about the ability for God to use our faith in a way that can transform not only our story, but the story of people all around us. You know, the story of the centurion is also told in Matthew 8. And I love the message version of, of the verses that I just read because um, it says, This man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming in from the east, pouring in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because of the faith of the centurion, he was that vanguard. And you know, I cannot wait to have the opportunity to sit across from that centurion at the table where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are there and ask him what it was like to make that decision to be able to step out when very few people around him had done that. But because he was willing to take that small step, because he was willing to partner with those elders and say, go to Jesus, talk to him and help me understand how I can heal my servant. 
He sits at that table in the same way that you and I can if we're willing to have faith in what Jesus can do with us. You know, our leadership story will only be as powerful as our ability to act on the opportunities that God gives us. When he opens those doors, those big doors and those small opportunities, we have the opportunity to walk through them. But if we limit ourselves because we feel like we're not worthy, if we limit ourselves because we don't feel like we individually have the skills or the experiences or the, or the ability to act, we miss out on that chance to show how our faith can truly propel us to do things that are unimaginable. God has big plans. He accomplishes those plans through the small steps that you and I take. We make ourselves available to him. But then we're, there comes a moment where we have to decide, are we going to step out and are we going to act? Are we going to move through that door because we know that he will take care of us as we do? You know, when I think about all of those self-help titles that I started with, it is so easy to get caught up in making sure that I'm working on my focus, that I'm working on those plans that would allow me to accomplish a little bit every day. And what happens when I start to do that is I put more faith in myself being able to act for God than putting my faith in Him to be able to transform my heart, to clean my heart, to make me available for where He would have me to go. So I've got to ask you, where's God calling you to act? Where have you been limited by your fears and you need to just push through them? And where has God called you to act where you've just stood back because you're not so sure that you're worthy to be able to follow him? Oh, don't listen to it. Find that way to get right with God, to go to him in faith, to claim that grace and be able to say, God, I'm willing to take that step. I'm willing to act for you.